Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. I forgot where I was. <laughs> so it was decided to send Paul and Barnabas and a few others to Jerusalem to discuss this problem with the apostles and the church leaders. The men were sent by the church, went through Phoenicia and Samaria, telling how the Gentiles had turned to God. This news made the Lord's followers very happy. When the men arrived in Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church, including the apostles and their leaders. They told them everything God had helped them do, but some Pharisees had become followers of the Lord. They stood up and said, Gentiles who have faith in the Lord must be circumcised and told to obey the law of Moses. The apostles and the church leaders met to discuss this problem about the Gentiles. They had talked it over for a long time when Peter got up and said, My friends, you know that God decided long ago to let me be the one from your group to preach the good news to the Gentiles. God did this so that they would hear and obey him. He knows, what it, he knows what's in everyone's heart. And he showed he had chosen the Gentiles when he gave them the Holy Spirit, just as he had given his spirit to us. God treated them in the same way that he had treated us. They put their faith in him, and he made their hearts pure. Now, why are you trying to make God angry by placing a heavy burden on these followers? This burden was too heavy for us or our ancestors. But we believe that we will be saved by the gift of the undeserved grace from our Lord Jesus Christ, just as the Gentiles are. Everyone kept quiet and listened as Barnabas and Paul had told how God had given them the power to work a lot of miracles and wonders for the Gentiles. After they had finished speaking, Jesus said, My friends, listen to me. Simon Peters told you how God first came to the Gentiles and made some of them his own people. This agrees with what the prophets wrote. I, the Lord, will return and rebuild David's fallen house. I will build it from its ruins and set it up again. Then other nations will turn to me and be my chosen ones. I, the Lord, say this. I promised it long ago. And so, my friends, I don't think we should place burdens on the Gentiles who are turning to God. We should simply write and tell them not to eat anything that has been offered to idols. They should be told not to eat the meat of any animal that has been strangled or still has blood in it. They must also not commit any terrible sexual sins. We must remember that the law of Moses has been preached in the city after many years, and every Sabbath it is read in our synagogue. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Thanks be to God. Uh, welcome everyone to the fourth Sunday in this Easter season. It is during this Easter season that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, what that means for us, and what that meant for the early Christians. 
For those who don't know me, my name is Patrick, and Pastor Mia has graciously enough allowed me to write and preach the sermon this Sunday. I should warn you that this is my very first sermon, so if any of you find yourself bored or having trouble following today, me today, be sure to let Pastor Mia know that you have a <laughs> renewed appreciation for her preaching. <laughs> I'm reminded of the story from Acts when St. Paul is talking on and on and this man falls asleep and then falls out a window. So I figured if no one falls out a window today, I at least did a better job of preaching than St. Paul. <laughs> if you do find yourself falling asleep, someone asks you what the sermon was about, just try to remember it's about the Council of Jerusalem and how to rise from quarreling. As I was rereading Acts this past week, I was really struck by the incredible hardships those early Christians were willing to endure as they faced the real possibility of death for preaching the Word of God. What I also read in the earliest chapters of Acts is St. Peter and St. Paul are beginning to not only teach the various Jewish communities, but they're also starting to teach and convert the Gentiles. Gentiles are non-Jews who some Jews felt it was unacceptable to eat and associate with, which leads to a lot of the conflict in today's reading. So our scripture begins with the text, then certain individuals came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers Unless you are circumcised according to the customs of Moses, you cannot be saved. This idea that a man cannot be saved unless he was circumcised was something that St. Paul disagreed with. And after some debating, it was decided that the matter should be put before a council in Jerusalem. When I think of church councils, I often think of the Council of Nicaea, where Christian leaders came to discuss together to discuss matters. In that council, the Nicene Creed was established to clarify theological matters. This council of Jerusalem is considered the first Christian council in which it was debated whether Gentiles needed to follow the laws of Moses in order to be saved. The Christians who felt the laws of Moses needed to be followed were Pharisees. Something to keep in mind is that throughout the Gospel of Luke and Acts of the Apostles, St. Luke does not portray the Pharisees in a good light. I'm guessing that some of this may be because St. Luke is himself a Gentile and did not like these other Christians looking down on him and other Gentiles. I want to defend the Pharisees for a moment and take a guess at what their arguments probably was. Throughout the Old Testament, God is repeatedly telling the Israelites that they need to follow the laws passed down by Moses. And repeatedly, his people do not follow these laws, which causes a divide between God and his people. While there are many laws of Moses, arguably the most important is circumcision, which separates the Israelites as followers of God. For the Pharisees, this is a fundamentally important step for Gentiles to become Christians and to be saved. I really want to stress that I think the Pharisees have good intentions and were genuinely trying to help others follow God's will and were especially trying to help the Gentiles. For St. Paul, who has been seeing great things from Gentiles, he says, God, who knows the human heart, testified to the Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us 
And in cleansing their hearts by faith, he has made no distinction between them and us. On the contrary, we believe that we have been saved through grace of Lord Jesus, just as they will. After St. Paul and the Pharisees have made their arguments, the decision was made that Gentiles do not need to be circumcised in order to become Christian. However, the Gentiles do need to do the following. Abstain from things polluted by idols and from fornication and from what has been strangled and from blood. So has anyone fallen asleep yet? <laughs> I didn't hear any screams as someone fell out of window, so I think I have that covered. Remember, if you do fall asleep and someone asks you what the sermon was about, just tell them it was about the Council of Jerusalem and how to rise from quarreling. So what are we to do with today's scripture reading? Understanding what happened many years ago is interesting, but how are we to apply this reading to our lives today? Well, as you probably guessed from the sermon title, Rising Strong from Quarreling, I would like to look at how do we as a church deal with disagreement? If you are new to church or have never served in church leadership, you might have the thought that maybe there won't be any quarreling. After all, aren't we all just good people trying to do good in the world? If we keep our focus on that, surely we can all just get along. Well, speaking as someone who was the son of a minister, I can assure you that people in churches do frequently get into disagreements. I was listening to a bishop tell the story that one day, a woman called him and said that she was on the verge of leaving her church because of what the pastor had done that Sunday. The bishop knew this woman had been a faithful Christian in her church for decades and wanted to know what had been done that upset her so much. Well, the previous Sunday, the new pastor had moved one of the plants from the center of the sanctuary to the side of the sanctuary. When the bishop told the pastor about this, the pastor said he had no idea that moving the plant had been so upsetting, and he only moved it because it was blocking his view of some of the congregation. It is not only in church that there is quarreling, but whenever people are together, there are disagreements. As a species, we need to be with other humans, and yet we also need to argue with those we are with. I bet that even if I were hanging out with a clone of myself, we would eventually get into a debate on something. <laughs> I'm sure that all of you have experienced strife before, be it with family, friends, roommates, co-workers, or even complete strangers. Perhaps there was even quarreling in a church that you attended. It may have been a major issue of theology or ethics that caused you to leave that church. Or it could have been something more minor that still led to hurt feelings. What is certain is that we all continue to deal with disagreements and we're going to deal with them for the rest of our lives. So what lessons can we take from today's scripture reading about how to deal with disagreement? I'll admit I'm not the best person to ask for advice about dealing with conflict as I tend to avoid conflict, which sometimes has paid off and conflict has resolved itself. But there have also been times that by not addressing the underlying issues, they fester and did serious harm to a relationship, which could have been avoided by addressing the issue earlier. So when the question of whether Gentiles needed to follow the law of Moses came up, one thing the early church did not do is just avoid the problem. They also didn't make a decision without any deliberation. 
Instead, many different people came together to debate the issue and eventually came to something of a compromise. While it doesn't directly mention it in the text, I'd like to think that through debating, the early church was strengthened and was led to a deeper understanding of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to point out that while the text here is rather short, the reasoning behind the decision was not arbitrary. In later epistles, St. Paul writes more about the theology behind why Gentiles do not need to follow the laws of Moses. And he also writes many ethical practices that Christians do need to follow. Let me emphasize that early church leaders did not argue that the laws of Moses did not need to be followed simply because they were hard. Throughout the New Testament, there is clear expectation that becoming Christian it comes with great change. Becoming Christian is to be born again in Christ, which means living differently and being a witness to the ends of the earth. There are some points I feel are important when handling disagreement that aren't directly discussed in today's scripture reading. The most important issue is that while the council is discussing Gentiles, there's no direct mention of any Gentiles actually testifying. While St. Paul argues on behalf of Gentiles, he and other Christian leaders are Jews. Surely, if we are to wrestle with important issues, we need to involve the entire community, especially those who are going to be impacted by our decisions. Secondly, I feel it is important not to dehumanize those who you disagree with. What I mean is, have you ever picked up the newspaper and found a religious or political opinion you strongly disagreed with? Have you ever put down the person who were thinking that by just saying they are just stupid or uncaring or just bad people? Instead, I would challenge you to try and assume that those who are disagreeing with you are rational and have good intentions, even if their decisions are misguided. I would also challenge you to remember that people you disagree with strongly are children of God, just as you are. As I was trying to think about concrete example of disagreement, the one that kept coming to mind was the question of how did we dis respond to COVID-19 back in 2020? I'm sure that all of you know people who felt that you personally should have been taking COVID matters either much more or much less seriously. And as a church, it would have been a nice to just ignore the issue, but we really needed to make a decision on how to respond. For the CUNY United Methodist Church, we decided to have church outdoors, even in the cold of winter. For other churches, they decided to go back indoors much earlier than we did, and for some churches, they implemented policies like requiring COVID vaccination just to be allowed to come back in person. <coughs> what was so difficult about COVID was that no matter what decision the church made, it would have made a lot of people angry. There was no easy choice that everyone could agree with. If the policy was too strict, then we wouldn't have been seen as being inviting. If the policy was too relaxed, then we wouldn't have been doing enough to care for each other's health. I'm sure that all of you had an opinion about what to do about COVID, but this is how I would recommend churches have addressed that issue and how we can address future issues. First, be sure to get input from many different groups, especially from those who will be impacted by your decisions. Second, remember that those you disagree with are children of God, just as you are. If you look at them this way, you may be able to identify the fear that fuels both of your positions, which might lead you to step towards greater understanding. Third, 
discuss the issue rather than just ignoring it or, or stifling all discussion. <clears throat> Throughout any, through discussion, you may be able to find a unifying decision that people can at least accept. And lastly, don't pick the easy answer, but instead choose to do what is right, even if it takes personal sacrifice. Even if we do all these things, conflict is inevitable. In the first half of Acts, St. Paul and Barnabas are traveling together as Christian missionaries. And just after this scripture reading we had today, they part ways because of an argument they had. While it is disheartening to hear about them going their separate ways, I am comforted to know that they both continue doing God's work and spreading the good news of Jesus. Okay, we made it to the end of the sermon. And no one fell out a window, as far as I can see. Remember, if you did fall asleep and someone asked you what the sermon was about, <laughs> just say it was about the Council of Jerusalem, how to rise from quarreling, and bonus points if you can also mention something about adult circumcision. <laughs> also, if you have a new pastor who moves a plant from its sacred spot in the sanctuary, talk to the pastor before calling up the bishop. <laughs> Let us end in prayer. Oh God, we thank you for giving us this day that we could come together and worship you. We are grateful during this Easter season for the good news of Jesus Christ's resurrection. And when we enter conflict in our lives, we pray that you will be with us and guide us through it. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crossway. CUNA United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things. <laughs>